Welcome to Express Church Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We are a ministry of Arizona Message Ministry, the message to the number two dot US. And we are supported financially by Haribo Books, haribobooks.com. Make sure you go on there, buy some of the books that are there, donate them to your school, donate them to your church, donate them to your library so we can get the message of hope and the message of encouragement out. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Express Church podcast again, talking with Dr. Zachary and Luca Zachary, uh, and we're just talking about how we go about uh, listening to the message. And I guess the, the first question that everybody needs to ask is, you know, do you, first of all, what's your reputation in the community, and, and is that appropriate rep, uh, reputation with God? And so I'm gonna I'm gonna make it easy, Lucas. I'm gonna let Doctor talk first. So um, uh, about I'm my other's keeper, and that kind of did hit point because uh, I think a lot of our society at this time uh, is clearly into the me thing, and I think that's probably some of the civil unrest is based on that, and I think some of the actions that people are having are based on that, and I think of our uh, political leaders are also are in that problem, uh, the question you asked in mind, my brother's keeper, and they, and their, and their blood is crying out to God. And I, and I, and I just wanted to kind of say quite into that, cause that's kind of hits point to what's going on, uh, in our society. Back to, um, hold on, um, hold on, let's not, was, hold on, let's not leave that. You know, you, you don't throw some good stuff on the floor and then, and then walk out of the room. <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking about, the blood cries out and it made me think about uh, all those who came before those that fought in the uh, revolutionary war, those that fought in the civil war and world war one and two and fought for Liberty and fought for unity and fought for justice. All those folks who's who have died and after they've given their life ministers that went on ministry trips to try to preach and teach and share God's love. And those were all our brothers too. And now we look at what we're doing today, and I'm wondering, um, their blood is crying out to God as well. And so, Lucas, from from a historical perspective, as you're looking at the people who uh, went before us, do you do you hear their blood crying out? Yeah, I do. Um, yeah, I think that's a great topic uh, to discuss uh, with everything that's going on, um, and I, I think it's very interesting historically how. There isn't anything new under the sun, and we are, uh, I guess, to a certain extent, we're creatures of habit, and we're, we seem to go back and do the same things over and over again if we just kind of look back in history. Right, and, and I think, well, so the question is, I mean, because we, we look all the way back to Sardis. Sardis was in, mm-hmm. what, the, the, the year uh, 60, 70, somewhere around there? And mm-hmm. they were the same thing. We're the capital. We're the we're the big dog. We're on the hill. Nobody can touch us. And now they say, if you archaeologists say, if you go to Sardis, if you go up on a hill, you don't see anything that resembled resembled a great city. And so the the blood that's crying out all around, asking for the people of Sardis to to step up, and they didn't. And now I think that's the same thing is happening now around the world. And I was thinking about how 
uh, the condemnation of the United States mirrored that of Sardis, where we had the reputation. We send troops in all around the world to, to try to get justice and try to get peace going on in that society. And then when it happened here in the United States where justice and peace were not being shown, that then all of a sudden the entire world, I shouldn't say the entire world, many places around the world came in on the same protest. Yes, yes, you're correct. And and now that you bring that up, uh, it was exactly what Jesus was saying. You're white on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. And so outside, we give the appearance of uh, liberty, justice for all. And that's what we try to give, uh, send around the message around the world that we are fighting for liberty. And that's what we are. We even have a, a, a statue as you enter into the country, uh, you know, that Statue of Liberty. But yet, when you look inside, you look inside, we are, we are, we are, are dead. To that. We're, we're, al- yes. we're, we have, we're alive to ourselves. We're alive to our own riches. We're alive to our own reputation. And, we're tr- and that's what he said. You, you got a reputation of being alive, but the reputation is a false reputation because it's not based on the principles that Jesus came, lived for, and died for, and rose for. Right. Yeah. Um, I think the other interesting thing you brought up was uh, 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 um, you mentioned that, um, uh, that we need to have the spirit of righteousness, the spirit of righteousness in you. And then every time I think about the spirit of righteousness, anytime you talk about that, you have to define what is righteousness? What is the word righteousness? What does it mean? So what does it mean to you, Doc? Well, righteousness to me means doing what's right in the eyes of God. So righteousness is, is, is doing what's right in the eyes of God. And so let's break that down because I was yesterday, there was some uh, people we, we were gathering together and uh, one, of the per, one of the guys said, and I told him I was going to talk about him today. He was talking about how he was having some marital difficulties. And I was telling him I was going to preach about him today, and I did touch on it. You know, when the judge and the jury is looking at your marriage, what is, what's the judge and jury going to say? And that comes back to, do you have the spirit of righteousness in you? Are you acting righteous with your marriage? I mean, that's, that is the first church. No other church exists without that first church. That's what the first church ever was, with, was Adam and Eve. And as a result of that, church fallen down we've all we've had we see what's happened since then and so when we go back to the first church that is your relationship with the person that you believe God has given to you to share his love with those outside of you then how is that spirit of righteousness looking and so we're gonna we're gonna you know I want I want to jump over because I don't want to have the two brothers talking over and and excluding Lucas from the conversation. But so, Lucas, what's your definition of the spirit of righteousness and how do you know it exists in you? Um, yeah, I mean, just right like my dad said, you know, doing the right thing when 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 only God is watching you. Um, 
and doing what what's right in the eyes of God, even if it's against uh, the law, even if it's against the law of man. Um, I think that can be hard for some people, but there are, you know, obviously, even in our country, we have a history of laws that have been highly unrighteous. Um, and, and obviously other countries do as well. Uh, the, I, I think this is a great topic to talk about with, with all the stuff that's going on around the world. I liked how Uncle Steve, how you, you, you touched on, on how the whole world jumped in to the, to the protest when we were always the ones that were, we're always the boots on the ground that are supposedly always fighting for righteousness. Um, and I think that might have had a large bit to do with why uh, so many other places around the world jumped on board with that, too. Because, you know, we, we, we pound our chests for, for that, um, over that, you know, ideology that we are liberating the world. So... And that we're and that we're, we're a Christian nation and one nation under God, and everybody needs to look at yep. us. And this is the way the whole world should look. Yep. And, and uh, obviously, there's a a, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, negative pushback on that because people can obviously see uh, when they check our temperature, they can see that <laughs> that that we might be a little bit off on on how we. <laughs> on how we uh, say that we 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 behave. Yeah, and I was one. And people were going around. I was listening to radio of people in France and England that were from Africa that were being treated as a different way, and people inside countries that are had different walks of life than the the mainstream walk, and they were protesting that. And it, and it was it just amazed me that if no matter where you go around the world the people still have the me and me and when and we it's early it was early on in the bible when god asked that question where's your brother i mean that was early on and since then you know people always talk about brotherly love and we still don't have brotherly love going on in our society jesus why did he come I, we, Marla and I talk all the time. It's like, man, if you were Jesus, would you be upset? It's like, I came 2,000 years ago to make sure that things happened right, to show people how to love. And now, 2,000 years later, they're still doing the same thing that they did 2,000 years before I came. Well, God is patient, but God will not be mocked. That's right. He's slow to anger and abundant in love and kindness, but at some point... It comes to an end. Then that has happened in the past. And, and if we don't believe it happened in the past, all we got to do is look at Sardis, huh? <laughs> there you go. Sodom and Gomorrah. But you know what? He doesn't have to have a whole lot of righteous people in order to uh, to spare the city. So but he has to keep fighting the fight. But he has to have the righteous people asking and coming to him. But I think that what we need right. to do what I think we need to do is is we need to I always look at things, you know, I look at from the law and how do you look at right and wrong? What's what's and then you want 
the jury to look at your position as being right. And I looked at the position of Sardis, and then I looked at the position of David, and you know, we, I didn't get a lot of time to talk about it, but in that situation, the people gave all they had all the, you know, to, to make sure that the house of God was the best place. And I was like, wow, this, this is to make the house of God the best place. But we've lost our focus on where is the house of God. You know, the, and I'm glad that the Express Church experience is going on because now we understand that actually the house of God is the house that you're living in. And then God's word is being delivered where it should have where it should always be. And that is in your house. And it's from your and house. You, Go ahead, Zach. To take it, to, to take it one, one step forward uh, uh, on what you're saying, the house of God should be your heart. Oh, say that, say that, say that a little bit more, because you know some of the some of the people that are hearing this might want to understand that a little bit more. Yeah, so the house of God really should be your heart. That's where God should lie, and everything that you are doing should have, have to come that direction. And then from your heart flows out. Jesus even says that from inside, which flows out good or bad. And so it's so so it's not what comes through the mouth, but it's what comes from the heart. And Jesus even says that. So you want to have you want your your house, your house is your heart, and what's inside that is the cold, dead heart with no heartbeat. You know, I remember back in football sometimes when you had a team that had no heart, you call it the Jarvik Seven team, no heart. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what we used to call them. It's a Jarvik Seven team. They got no heart. Same thing, you know. Are you uh, are, do you have an artificial heart, or do you have a heart for God? You have that passion, that desire. You so, have that type of thing going on in your heart. So keeping with that, okay. keeping with that, since you're the doctor, uh, how do you judge? Give me the medical from what you do when somebody comes in. How do you determine if somebody has a good heart or a bad heart? You can ask them a question. When you're, when you're doing something, are you short of breath? You know? So, so actually it is, it's what they do when they're out can kind of judge what their heart is. You can always test them and put them on a treadmill, make them exercise and see what happens. But it's basically is the heart's pump. And basically you can find out how good somebody's heart is just by what they can do. Can you get up? Can you, can you walk four or five blocks, uh, without getting short of breath? Can you go up a couple flights of stairs without getting a short of breath? If, you're, if you can do that, then your heart is generally okay. It may not be great, but it's, it's okay. And then the, night, the other thing is, and, and Lucas hit on that the other day, talking about VO2 max, which is how much oxygen the body can take up during exercise. That's the other thing that says you how well your heart and your lungs are functioning is about how much oxygen you can take up. So we can say that. How can you tell if somebody has a good heart, good lungs, it's how much VO2 uh, max they're doing. So it's how much output the person's able to do. And so, and, but you don't have to go places to give output to God. You just got to give output to God where you are. You can give a whole lot of output for God when you're sitting in there, like you were talking about, when you're just walking into quick trip. How do you treat people or somebody who's in front of you? Or when somebody, somebody cuts you off, 
when you're trying to get home today like happened to me, you know? And the guy flipped me off as he cut me off. Then I turn around and get in my car and drive up behind him and get out of my car and say, hey, hey, what you doing? What are you doing? Huh? Or did I just let it go? I haven't prayed for him yet, though, so I haven't I haven't done real good exercise yet. But, uh, but anyway. You're, hey, you're a little short of breath. You're a little short of breath in that situation, huh? Short of breath. I got a little short of breath. I was talking to my mom on the way home about it. I was a little short of breath about that one. But I was okay, though, because I, I was talking to mom on the way home. So, you know, moms can always uh, keep, 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 keep that heart beating a little better. Than it should be, you know. Hey. I did not flip him back. I didn't even, I didn't even give him a fist or nothing. I just let it go. So, so Lucas, since you since you're talking about oxygen output, you know, it kind of we're 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 talking about things that happen just normally, but we can put it also in the spiritual realm. So you have a circumstance where uh, somebody is what I'm going to call a heart attack. Because the person who cut the doctor off or the person who's being rude to you, that they cause a heart attack. And sometimes you need, when you have a heart attack, somebody else to come in and give you some assistance. So, Doc, if, if you as a doctor saw somebody who was having a heart attack, what's your first thing that you do? Call 911. Give them an aspirin and some oxygen. Call 911 so you can get them to the hospital as fast as you can so you can get them oxygenated back to their heart. All right. So, so you got to get them. So, if, but the, yeah, if, the heart, if the heart stops, then what? You as you the You got to put some paddles on. You got to shock them. Not if, how about if you're in the field? How about if you're in the field? You got to start CPR. Well, you got to call 911 first so you get the paddles there right away. That's the big key. And then you got to start CPR. You got to start pushing on their heart. And you got to start breathing air for them. But the big key there is still pushing on the heart. You got to push the heart. All right. So, so Lucas, you hear, you hear what your dad's saying, right? You got to push the heart. Oh, yeah. You got to push the heart. So how are you going to push the heart to somebody that you think is having a spiritual heart attack? Um, I was first, I was trying to first figure out who 911 was. <laughs> 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 he wants to know if he's got a DNR. Do not resuscitate. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's like, hey, I call 911 and 911, they find out what neighborhood I'm in and they're like, oh, we, we got, we can go there slowly, huh? Put you on hold. Got to put you yeah. on hold. <laughs> I suppose to a certain degree, I mean, um, interestingly enough, it kind of sounds like you, you maybe somebody needs to be trained in that. Um, I mean, I think that's something that, that you should probably think about. You know, how are you going to help somebody that's going through a situation where they're, where they're sliding in a negative direction? You know, how can you, how can you get in there and, and, and mediate that? How can you uh, give them CPR, uh, so to speak? Um, I'm not really sure. Um, uh, I suppose for me, how I would try to go about it is I would try to figure out, um, what it is that is, that is causing this person to go in that direction. Um, I guess I would look for, you know, what is it that is going on in that person's life and how that person can be possibly removed from that situation, be put in a more positive situation and possibly grow from there. You know what it is. You, you can you can plant 
and you can water, but you can't give the increase. And you have to understand, and we all have to understand that. And there are some people who are doing DNR. It reminds me of a story, a uh, situation I got into. Uh, one of my patients was dying, and I called up her. She was in a nursing home. And I called up her husband and said, you know, um, you know, your wife's getting ready. It's starting to go, and she's probably going to die. Do you want me to call a minister or somebody to pray over her, pray with her before she dies? And he goes, oh, we don't believe in that. And I was thinking to myself, you better believe now because there is no tomorrow. There is no next. Yes. And so I'm waiting there and in my, I'm just torn sitting there and you can't do anything when somebody says that. Okay. You can't just do what the hell you want to do or you can do it quietly, but you can't really, I couldn't call anybody in. And so I was really upset with that. I was really, really, really bothered me. This tore me to the heart. You know, here is somebody on their deathbed, you know, having a heart attack, and it says DNR. And you think you can still resuscitate them, okay? And you think you can still bring them home, and you can still bring them back, all right? It's not that they've been gone too long. And uh, I was really taken back at it, and it bothered me so much that I talked to our priest, Monsignor Vignano, about it, because it bothered me so much. And his take was on it. He says, you know, you can't save everybody. Yeah, everybody. Everybody has a choice on what they want, but however, you know, I think that we 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 should never cease to try to intercede. Just like you said in it with when we talk when we were talking about uh, Abraham with Sodom and Gomorrah and and praying that and God saying just find me a few people. You know, we we should not stop praying for those who don't know. Jesus, because we don't we the the husband might have said, I don't believe in that. But we don't know whether or not during the heart attack, the wife had a heart change. And and so to be on that, because because a lot of people say, you know, some military folks and stuff, they say there's there was a lot of people that didn't believe in God until bullets were flying. (laughs) <laughs> and, <you> know, <laughs> it's it's easy not to, to believe in God until and another minister said, I don't want you to try Christ now because things are too good for you. I don't want you to try Christ when things are bad. I want you to try Christ when there's no other option for you to try, when there's nothing else for you to try then why don't you try Christ? Because what what the minister was saying is what I know is that if you wait and you want to say that I'm not, I don't believe, just keep, put that in your back of your mind. Because if you don't believe in Jesus, then you have to, you believe in something. You believe that something else is going to happen. You believe that something else is going to work. And when all those things don't work, the minister said, then try Christ. Because that minister's experience was when you try when they when that minister tried Christ, then Jesus worked it out for him. And they were talking about how I was in the same position where I didn't I didn't need Jesus, but then when I got to the point where everything that I did try didn't work, then I tried Christ. And so I think that that you know for people that say I don't believe. 
I think I, ha- I want to have that same response. You don't have to believe, just wait. I, is things, are things going perfect for you? Well, it's not, I know for a fact in humanity, things are not going to go great. But as you go through those situations, because uh, you're going to, death, illness, loss of job, those things are going to happen. You're going to hit Rocky Road. And if you've never hit Rocky Road in your life, I, I, I don't know, I, you, you're more than blessed. So, so if I can put this in a medical perspective and stay on the same heart uh, situation, so you got a guy who's having having angina, they haven't had their heart attack, they have an angina, and you say, I think you need to go see the cardiologist, and the guy says, I don't want to go see the cardiologist. You can preach on this one, brother. I don't want to go see the cardiologist. I think I can just handle this on my own. You can say, Well, you try what you want to try. Take your herbal medicines and all the other stuff you want to do, but when you have that chest pain and it don't go away, call the cardiologist. Call the cardiologist. When, when, when you, but see, sometimes on uh, where we're staying with, I don't know how we got on the on the issue of the heart. Oh, that was Lucas talking about the oxygen. What was that, Lucas? The oxygen what? It was the VO2 max. The VO2. Uh, honestly, my dad knows a lot more about it than I do. All the only thing I know about it is I know I had just. I was hearing something about it as it related to canines and people. And I just remember hearing that, and I thought it was an interesting way of judging the motor of a, of an animal, um, by their, by their oxygen output. What's interesting is if you look at how dogs react and you look at how humans react, and you look at their oxygen input, <laughs> and you look uh-huh. at humanity's oxygen input. I remember what uh-huh. would have been my grandfather, Lucas, your great grandfather. He said humanity has it wrong. He said we should we should pet a dog and kick a person. <laughs> and, and he's, and I remember he, that. And I remember that. He said no matter what happens. A dog will always be true, and a, a dog will always be faithful. But you can do everything you can for a human, and the first chance that they get, they're going to turn on you and bite you. <laughs> and it's, so true. And it's so it's interesting how their oxygen level, <laughs> their heart mm-hmm. level, works a lot better. And maybe what we need to do is we maybe need to get that oxygen level going up a little higher for us. There you go. Get that BO2 max up there where it needs to be. <laughs> and get that biblical max. Get the bi- That's right. <laughs> What's your biblical max level? <laughs> and and we, need, we need to rise that level up. You know, I, that, and, you know, we, when we, it's so easy to look at going back to the message today with Sardis. I mean, how can you, how can you have a city that's, cons- and, and everybody, what I really liked when I was researching it is that people looked at, everybody knows about the, Tro- the Trojan horse and the fight between the Greeks and, and the, the people of Troy and that battle and, and you know, the great historical part of that. But they were down the hill from Sardis. And Sardis was their capital. And so when you're talking, when we everybody was talking about 
the, the Battle of Troy, people should have been talking about how the people of Sardis came to their aid, how the people of Sardis gave them money. But the people of Sardis are like, hey, we're on the hill. Nobody can touch us. We don't care about what's going on with you. And and I just think so, that that is what's happened in our society, and it's sad. So, so you can stay on that same thought pattern. So you, so God has given, given you know, what, were you, what were the things you said? Uh, God has given you wealth. God has given you honor. God has given you power. God has given you strength. And so you, and God, we can add in mercy and grace and all the rest of them. And then, uh, so God has given you that. It comes into you. And then do you use it? Do you, do you use it and, and do something with it? Or do you just blow it back out because you didn't use it? And your VO2 max was garbage. You didn't, you didn't, you, your maximum output was nothing after you got honor and power and strength and, and and uh, and um, uh, uh, and grace and mercy and wealth and all those things that came from God. David, you know, man after God's heart, talked about it. It was all from God. And then, what did we do with them when we got them? That's it. But I think I think when we're talking about the blessings that we get from God, is almost like the treadmill. You know, you're working, you get it, and it, it gives you more strength. But then we're going to close because we started talking early about uh, before we came on about sports. You can work out. We we used to call them uh, uh, practice players, the player that was great <laughs> in practice, and then you mm -hmm. put them and you put them on the field and they choke up. And so I think yeah, we, we call T-shirt all Americans is the other team name for them. That's right, T-shirt <laughs> all Americans. That's what we. That's what a Christian. Man, you just got the sermon for next week. I think I'm gonna call them T-shirt All American Christians. But, <laughs> we're, we're, we're coming to an end. If that if it's on there for next week, you're gonna know what 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 the topic is. T-shirt All American Christians. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you, brothers. It's been a great 30 minutes we've had. I hope that that the listeners got a little bit out of it, and uh, we'll talk next Sunday. Talk to you guys later. All right, man. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening today. Thank you to all our guests. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stephen Zachary Minister Gilbert, the Arizona Message Ministry on Facebook, and feel free to send me an email to the message2.us or to my private website, stephenzachary.com. Thank you to Haribo Books for supporting us. That's HaribaBooks.com. Look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.